Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. So exciting. Hey, welcome to church. Now, if, you, if you're new here, you've been coming in the last sort of four weeks, uh, my name's Dave Mora, and I'm normally the campus pastor. We have been away for four weeks. We've been away for two weeks on holidays and two weeks in COVID lockdown, uh, which as an extrovert with ADD, stuck in a house, just, just my, my family still needs prayer for that. Uh, and so I am excited to be back. We are excited to be back in church. And I'm excited as we conclude our summer psalm series, or as many of you like to or know that I like to call it, it's a summer psalm series, because that's how it's spelled. It's a summer psalm series. Uh, and I want to tell you about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we were just back from holidays, and I was excited. I arrived in the office and went, you know what, I could do some admin and emails, or I could go and visit some people who were stuck in isolation, and I could do some random acts of coffee kindness. And so I drove around the area, and I, and I door knocked some people, and I left some coffee in front of the door, and then I ran away so I didn't get COVID, and, uh, and it didn't really work anyway. anyway so, so, and I was so excited about the year. And I was preparing for this sermon, and I started writing it. And, and Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon, I was sort of pushing some of the finishing touches to this sermon. And I got home Thursday night, and Shadi said, I don't feel so well. She went, okay, that's okay. She went, and I got one of these little tests. First, I thought it was a pregnancy test. And I went, no, 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 we fixed that. It's fine. And I went, what is that? She said, it's a COVID test. And I went, oh, okay. So she went and did the little nose thing, and the, the no, it was a throat thing at that point. Then we got the nose ones later on. And, and so she went and did that, and then we, st- we sat with expectation, fear, and trepidation, waiting for what was going to happen. The first little line came up, that's normal. And then gradually, over the next sort of five to ten minutes, another little line come up, and my heart sank because I knew that we'd just got back from holidays, and I was just finished putting the finishing touches to a sermon that I wasn't going to be able to preach because we were going to be in the lockdown for the next seven days, which then became two weeks. 20, 20th of January, Shadi took that rat test and came back positive. And, and, and as those double lines came up on, on this little plastic test, something began to change and something began to happen in me. As we sat around the table and, you know, the kids thought it was hilarious. I knew what it meant. They were going to be stuck with me for the next week, which turned out to be two. And, and I was not always excited about that, 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 that fact that I was going to be stuck in the house. But in that moment, if I'm honest with you, fear began to rise. Memories of hard seasons of the last couple of years began to stir in my heart. See, have you ever noticed how something so small can have such power over us if we let it? Have you ever noticed that sometimes in the middle of life, you know, life might be going along, you know, one particular way, and then all of a sudden a curveball gets thrown. Something begins to happen, something begins to change, and all of a sudden we find ourselves distracted and our eyes taken off God. I was praying and I just felt God 
quietly at the end of last year say, you know, the word over the last two years and over the world and over certainly his church is the word distracted. I reckon we've never been so distracted than ever from the things of God because of the world and the stuff that's been going on around us. And I don't know about your situation. I don't know about where you find yourselves. Clearly, you don't have COVID because you're in church. Otherwise, you'd be stuck at home, you know, watching a screen somewhere. But, but maybe you find yourself in a similar situation. And if you do this morning, you know, you're in a time of uncertainty. You're in a time of change. You're in a time when fear can so easily sneak in. And if you are then God's got a word for you. If you are, have been, or will be, then God's got an encouragement for you this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up to Psalm or Psalm 137. So it starts with P, if anyone's looking for it. So Psalm, Psalm 137. And I'm going to read it from the NLT version. And it says this, Beside the river of Babylon, we sat and wept. As we thought of Jerusalem, we put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of the poplar tree. For our captors demanded songs from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing to us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? If I forgot you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you. If I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. Now let me add a little bit of context. Let me explain what was happening. Some of you are sitting there going, that's great. I'm not quite sure what that has anything to do with what we're going to be looking at today. Well, let me add you a little bit of context of what was happening. See, Israel had been invaded by the armies of Babylon. And their holy city, Jerusalem, had been destroyed. And the burning fires lit up the sky at night over Jerusalem. The beautiful temple built by King Solomon that took 46 years to build. I mean, just, just grab all that. I mean, you know, some of us have tried to build houses, you know, and it used to take, you know, 12 weeks. I don't know what it takes now, but certainly not 46 years. You know, imagine 46 years of working day in, day out, trying to build the temple for God, this, the, the temple that Solomon built, and it's now lays in ruins, and it's destroyed, and it's been desecrated. And once this once proud nation of Israel is now slaves in a strange and foreign land of Babylon. The very people who are known for their worship of their God and the beautiful songs are now reduced to listening to the taunts and the ridicules of their captors. And now the Babylonians mock the people of God with a cruel request. They said, you know what, hey, why don't you just sing one of those songs? You know one of those songs to that God that you think is out there? And the people of God respond with a question that's probably more a question to themselves than it is to their captors. They said, how are we supposed to praise God when we're slaves in captivity, ripped away from our, from our holy city, from the people that we love, and, 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 and tortured and beaten? How do we praise God in the midst of our pain? How are we supposed to praise God in the midst of our isolation? So welcome to church. It's great to be in church this morning, isn't it? But I want to 
share with us a couple of thoughts. See, if we, we just hold on for a moment. See, God's people found themselves in their lowest of low moments. They found themselves in a situation in their history where it all seems hopeless. And they find themselves in the middle of slavery, and the holy city has been destroyed, and they've all been dragged away by chains, and they're, they're, they're women and children, and they've been all beaten and taken away. And we thought we had some challenges. And I thought two weeks in lockdown were bad. But the good news is this. See, I want to suggest to you that there is a message of hope that's found in the middle of this story this morning. That there is, a, there is something God wants to challenge us as we walk into a brand new year. And He wants to challenge us no matter where we are, where we will be in the future, or where we have been in our past. And I know this because I wrote a lot of these words before the 20th of January when our world changed for a couple of weeks. See, there's two challenges that I want to face this, I want to challenge us with this morning. See, I'm one of those competitive people. I mean, all you have to do is ask my kids about when we play Uno. Like, I, I have to win. If we're going to win, like, I, I've got to, I've got to, it's probably not a great thing, but, you know, if I'm going to play, play some games with my kids, like, I've got to win. And I know I'm supposed to let the kids win, but I really struggle. Is anyone else like me? You know, you just, you know, you really want to let them win, and then you end up winning anyway. Okay, it's good. It's just not just me. See, there's two challenges I want to challenge you with, because it's actually the two challenges God's challenged me with over these last couple of weeks. The first challenge is this, don't stop praising. See, I don't know about you, but there is moments when it's easy to pray, or easy to praise, and then there's the moments where it's it is really, really difficult to pray. But I actually believe that God is, is putting a new song in the hearts of our church. A new desire in the hearts of our church to, to not stop praising regardless of what is going on around us. See, and I, and I find this so interesting that verse 2, you know, that, 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 that the group of Jews are now, who were once confident in their God and their nation are now standing by the edges of a river crying. And they're standing next to these weeping poplar trees or willow trees. And, and, and here they are, the heads in their hands, destroyed, you know, shattered with what's going on around them. Shame and defeat is all around them. And it says that they hung up their harps. See, there was no worship. There was no joy. There was no hope. See, what they did in that moment is they didn't just hang up their harps, they hung up their worship. And they said, you know what, it, it's just not going to happen now. It's not, not going to happen under these circumstances. They shut down their praise. And to make matters worse, as, as I said in verse 3, the Babylonians start teasing them and going, you know what? Hey, why don't you sing one of those songs about the praise songs that you so love to sing to you? God, where is your God now? Have you ever noticed that it's really easy to cheer on your team when they're winning? But when they start losing, it's really easy to get really quiet. Let me illustrate that with one word. The ashes. Actually, it's two words. The palms came awfully confident and they left awfully quiet. I want to challenge you this morning. 
Are you like that in your faith? Am I like that in my faith? Yeah, we praise and we worship when things are good, but then we're quiet and absent when things get hard. But there's two things that catch my attention in this passage. See, of all the things that the Jews could have taken when they're ripped out of, you know, their city has been, has been conquered and destroyed, things are on fire, and the things they seem to grab, I mean, all the things they could have grabbed, they grabbed some harps on the way out. Now, I don't know about you, but I, that's not the, actually, I don't even own a harp. But if I owned a harp, I'd probably be getting something else before the harp. But they grabbed these harps. It's the one thing that the Bible records they took with them when they went. See, I wonder. I wonder if somewhere in the back of their minds, even though their city, their temple, their homes, their families had been destroyed, even though they were found themselves in chains, they remained hopeful of the day when they would be able to worship their God again, regardless of their circumstances. They dreamed of the day when things would be different. They dreamed of a day when they could go, you know what, we're going to worship our God with everything within us. And the second thing I find interesting is now that they were in Babylon, and even though they were slaves, and even though they were beaten and insulted daily, they didn't destroy their harps. They didn't throw their harps away. They hung their harps up. See, Israel had stopped listening to God. And they'd start living lives their own way. And in contrast to what God wanted for them, but God was always there for them. See, I, I hear people say this, you know, Dave, how, how can you explain if God is real, how do you believe in a God who can do good things, no, bad things to good people? And I would ask the opposite question, how, you know, if, 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 if God is real, how does God allow good things to happen to bad people? You see, I believe that God obviously is real, that he does allow things to happen to us because he is so in love with us that he allows us to have free choice. And because he allows us to have free choice, knowing full well that I will make dumb decisions, that with the best intentions and not always the best intentions, I will still make dumb decisions at times. But because he loves us, he gives us free will, all in an attempt to draw us back to him. See, have you ever noticed that it's sometimes not until we hit the bottom when the only way to look is up? God's there waiting for you. Maybe you stepped into the doors of this church, maybe for the first time ever. Maybe you've been coming along for the first few weeks, whatever that might be. And maybe you are at the bottom and you've never said yes to Jesus. Well, this morning we're going to give an opportunity in a few moments to be able to do that. Because I recognize, as so many of us here recognize, that it's not until we hit the bottom that we looked up and there is the face of God looking down with arms open wide for us. See, in the back of their minds, 
I wondered if there was a flicker of hope that God hadn't forgot the nation of Israel. God hadn't forgotten them. And that there would come a time when they would be able to pick up their harps and worship again. I mean, I get it. I get it. There's moments in life where we don't want to worship. There's moments in life where where there's challenges and situations that come against us and things are happening. And the last thing we want to do is worship. And can I encourage you this morning, that is the first thing we should do. So the devil tries to trick us into going, you know what, don't worship because of look what God's done. And yet the very thing that God wants us to do is worship. And you know why? Because worship takes the focus off us and it puts it on him. And you know why I know? Because for two weeks... I know it's not in the grand scheme of everything that everyone's facing. It's not that big a deal. But for two weeks, we were stuck. For two weeks, I'd been, you know, for a week I'd been preparing a lot of this message. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. All of a sudden, you know, I'm excited about the year. We're getting ready, everything for the year. And then all of a sudden, the blink of an eye, a little plastic device throws our world into a degree of turmoil for a little while. And one of the challenges as pastor is that God often uses my sermons against me. Now, I don't think that's always fair, but he does. And I remember in multiple moments over those couple of weeks, just sitting having my quiet time, mowing lawns, because it's all we could do. The amount of times God would say, come and worship me. And I'd, there's moments where I'd sneak my laptop and my phone away into the garage or into the bedroom. And I'd, and, I'd, and, I'd, and I'd put on some worship music and just spend some time worshiping God. Some of those moments were so rich because it shifted the focus off everything that we were facing and the uncertainty. And it shifted it back onto a God who is present with me. And and I love those moments because I was able to just re-recalibrate again. And I remember God sitting there going, will you worship me in the middle of your lockdown? You know, will you worship me without Max up here with his man bun and his acoustic guitar? You know, will you be able to worship me without Sam so beautifully playing keys? Will you be able to worship me without Rob playing, looking cool up here with his, with his bass guitar? You know, will you be able to worship me without, without Warwick on drums? Will you be able to worship me in your private? Will you worship me when it naturally you may not necessarily want to. See, so oftentimes we let our troubles and trials steal our praise. See, but you know what I love? I love that their hearts were silent for a season, but they left the door open that they would worship God again. And maybe your, maybe your harp 
Maybe your voice has been silent for a season because of where you've been. But God wants to unlock that, unleash that this morning. And he wants you to say, you know what? You may have hung it up, but I've got other things in store. See, even in the midst of our isolation and attacks, we always have a choice. See, trouble may knock at our door, but we always have a choice. We cannot choose our circumstances, but we can choose our response. You know, we, many of you know the story is found in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are in prison, not because of anything bad they've done, but just because they found themselves talking about Jesus. And so they, they get thrown into prison. And now Paul and Silas are in prison, but they don't know how long they're in prison for. I mean, they don't know if they're ever going to get out. And then, I think I'll just keep the microphone off. Then in verse 25, it says this, and about midnight. Now, about midnight, I'm normally sleeping. But apparently, Paul and Silas, at about midnight, were praying and singing hymns to God. And the, the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. See, here was Paul and Silas facing some fairly significant, massive, life-altering, changing, they don't know if they're going to die in prison moments. And their instant response was to worship God in their trials. See, I reckon so many of us at times struggle with worship because, let me be honest, we're more concerned about what the person next to us thinks, aren't we? We're more concerned about what they think than what God thinks. We're more concerned about whether we get it right, we get the hand up at the right corner, or is it this way, is it this way, or, or we can actually, I can't sing people, so just don't stand next to me because Mike has to most, actually, he doesn't have to, but my wife does. And so, you know, she will verify the fact that I can't sing. See, we let people's opinions get away in our praise and our worship of God. But for some of us, we just think, you know what, I'm not going to worship this morning because I don't feel it. Like, you know, they didn't play my favorite song. You know, if I had that new song, which I don't know that song, so I'm not going to sing the song because it's a new song and I'm going to have to get used to the song and so I don't know how to sing the song. So, you know, and so we, we, we not get, we, oh, I'm not, I don't feel it this morning. Like, you know, Max was up here. He had a man bun. He changed his hair up this week and I just couldn't quite, I was just trying to grapple with that. You know, like, like someone played a wrong key. Like, I'm ever going to know. Like, you know, and, and we, we struggle to worship because at times we don't feel it. Church, I say this in love. Jesus went to a cross. And we know that he didn't feel it. Because the night before he was betrayed, he stood in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, pray for me, I'm going to go away and pray. And he weeps with such anguish that the, the capillaries under his skin burst. And, he, and it, the Bible said that he sweat blood. Which is a medical condition that I can't remember the name of. And at that moment, he said to his father, if this cup could be taken, in other words, Jesus, uh, sorry, God, if there is another option, for God chose you over his own feelings. So you know what? Church in love, 
let's choose to worship our God, not because of our feelings, but because He is God, because He is worthy of all of our lives and our praise and our resource and everything else. See, Paul and Silas didn't know if they were ever going to get out, but they responded in worship to God. See, again, in love, I just I sense that the, the devil has stolen our praise. He's stolen our voice. He's stolen our worship because of all the stuff that's going on around us that has distracted us from him. And lastly, remember why you praise. See, if, if we are going to not stop praising, then we've got to remember why we praise. See, in verse 5 and 6, it talks about the fact that in the midst of all the suffering that Israel was 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 right in front of them. They had the presence of mind to remember, but they remembered the wrong thing. They remembered Jerusalem and they forgot God. They'd forgotten the one who brought them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and out of wilderness and into the promised land. They'd forgotten the one that was and is always there. And now they found themselves in captivity and they refused to remember the covenant relationship, the agreement that they made with God to put him first. See, it's amazing, isn't it? How something so small or something, I think my master's on the front seat, has something also so small can distract us from the things But if we're going to find our praise again, we've got to remember why we praise. So the last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks in isolation at home have taught me something. They've taught me that we all need community. Whether an introvert or an extrovert, we all need community. And also that it's so easy to lose sight of Jesus. And I'm the pastor. And I found myself so easily losing sight of Jesus. And it makes me feel better because Israel had lost their focus on God. And in the midst of their slavery, they had every reason to stop praising God, to give up, to hang up their harps, to, to let the environment around them to dictate and determine their praise. But I want to read you as I invite the team up. I want to read you the beginning of Psalm 138. If you can do the maths, 137 is the first one, and then the next one is 138, and it says this. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For you have promised for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me to give up my strength, for I am surrounded by troubles. You will protect me from the anger of my enemies, and you will reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The, the Lord will work out His plans in my life for you, for your Faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. 
So one minute they're going, where are you? And I'm going to hang up my heart. But next minute they're declaring, the Lord will work out His plans in my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, it endures forever. I love this. I love this because you've got such a contrast, don't we? Of what was, and yet all of a sudden there's a moment, there's a conscious moment where these Jews, where these, where God's people began to think, they began to realize, they began to shift their focus off themselves and back onto their God. And they began to remember again. And they began to remember again why they prayed. And they realized that all those, although their circumstances hadn't changed, their God was there. And that he's still faithful. I want to say to you this morning that regardless of your circumstances, don't forget why you sing. Because we sing to our Savior. The one who died on the cross at Calvary. A sacrificial and substitutionary death to cleanse us from our sins. To purchase us back from our freedom. So not because he had to, but because he so loves you and he so loves me. We sing to the one who saves and changed your life and my life. That is the one who we praise. That is the one who we sing to. See, this has come so real in my life over these last couple of weeks because there's been moments where it's been so hard. And as I said, I've snuck away and I've just spent time in worship going, God, this, this sucks and I don't like it. But I thank you that, that you're here with me. Sitting in, sitting on my stool in my garage with a laptop worshiping God. I love the fact that God is the ever-present God in time of need. And I sat there and I was just reminded again as I began to worship, began to sing quietly so as not to disturb the cats and dogs in our neighborhood. I began to praise again. God began to lift my spirits again. See, sometimes we need a practical, something practical to remind us of what God has done. This morning, you would have come in and you would have got communion. If you don't have communion, just quick shoot up your hand and Solomon will run around and just, uh, just one down here. We can do the awkward rip. In fact, let's just do the awkward rip together of that noise. Ready? One, two. See, sometimes we need something practical to remember what Jesus did. And I want you to look at the screen this morning as a vivid reminder. separation from his father, the humiliation, and as we take communion this morning, I want to read the words of 
John 3, 16 and 17. As we remember why we praise, because we praise our Savior, who this is what He did for us. As we do this, why don't you take communion? For God so loved the world. In fact, why don't we substitute, why don't you substitute the world, the word world for your name? For God so loved that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through Him. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.